Hey, what's up everybody? How we doing? We are getting into the Masters 2021. It was in November when we had the Masters last because it was canceled last year. So when I say last year's Masters, know that I'm talking about the Masters that happened in November because it still went on even though it was canceled or postponed early on in April. Same course, Augusta National, Augusta, Georgia, par 72. 7,475 yards. Uh, the conditions in November were softer than they have been um, at the Masters typically when it is held in April. Dustin Johnson shot 20 under to win it and set the record there for scoring. Don't expect that to happen again. You know, the winner could come out of this thing at 6 under. But the scoring conditions this weekend... Don't look too bad, so it'll probably be um, in the range that it would typically be in. Rye grass fairways, bent grass greens, very fast undulating greens, obviously. Very hilly course, you know, not crazy elevation changes, but everywhere there's just kind of hills, so you got to really make sure you hit the right spots in the fairway. It's tree-lined. Uh, the rough is pretty much non-existent. So you're not going to get in trouble unless you find yourself behind trees in the pine straw there. The water is mostly on the back nine, but it does come into play a little bit. A lot of holes that dog leg to the left. So you see some guys, Bubba Watson, Phil Mickelson, lefties that can play a nice fade have an advantage. Or righties that like to draw the ball. Ryan Palmer being a good example who doesn't really play here that often but has some good showings. But... Um, a lot of dog leg lefts. There's three par threes that are 180 yards or shorter, so some you know scorable par threes. Nine of the par fours are 440 yards or longer, so those are the real tough holes that are hard to score and make this course pretty tough. The par fives are the four easiest holes on the course. Uh, the wind can make it tough, and that's where you'd see those you know only a couple guys under par through the tournament but it looks like this weekend the wind's going to stay under 10 miles an hour and be pretty calm the course isn't going to be as soft there is a small chance of rain i haven't checked it in a day but there was a chance of rain over the weekend so that could soften the course up and make it more scorable on the weekend um, but it looks like it's going to be some pretty good conditions to golf in Key stats for this tournament. Um, I tweaked the key stat formulas and whatnot, but it came out pretty close to where it was for the November Masters. Obviously, birdie or better and bogey avoidance are scoring. You know, you you need to be you need to do well with scoring, but those are key stats. Par four scoring, par five scoring are always important. They're important here. Strokes gained, tee to green, always obviously going to be important it's important here but what i notice is it's less important than it usually is t to green um where i saw a bump up in the strokes gain statistics was around the green so guys that are good at getting up and down from around the green and scrambling are another one there's another one that's unique to this course where uh, it's a, it helps you a little more than it typically does so that's something to look at and strokes gained off the tee strokes gained approaching the green are still important but less important here so around the green is up 
but approaching the green and off the tee are down. So a lot of short game, uh, you know, your Jason Day types do well here. Driving distance is unique to this course where it takes a bump up. Driving accuracy goes down a little bit. The field was at 88 golfers. This isn't in my write-up, but Angel Cabrera, who won it in the early 2000s, is exempt. So he's always... Um, could be in this tournament and he was in the field he was priced in DraftKings. i don't know if they've changed it now but angel cabrera apparently back in january was arrested in brazil and they were sending him back to his home country of argentina so he very well could be in prison right now so if you're looking at angel cabrera cabrera i probably wouldn't play him unless if well, I probably wouldn't play him if he wasn't in prison, but he's in prison probably, so maybe don't touch him here. I think it's some domestic dispute or domestic violence issues was what he was arrested for, but uh, don't quote me on this. But I just saw that today. It's not in my write-up, but I might add that in later and throw a tweet out there. Um, so 88 golfers, 87 without him, and then there's... 10 golfers that are um, 1,500 to 1 to win it or worse. So 10 golfers realistically are like the Angel Cabreras. Um, a couple other guys that are just old-timers that have won it or some amateurs that, uh, you know, they really don't have a shot of top 10-ing or winning here. So you can kind of take those guys out of play so the field – you're looking at 78, 75 guys, realistically, that you would even think about playing here. And Brooks Kepka had knee surgery, and he's coming back a little earlier than people expected him to. And that might be one to look at over the next couple of days. Maybe he gets some range sessions in, and he realizes he can't go, and he's a late withdrawal from the tournament. So that might be one to look at. Um Top-level talent, obviously, at the Masters. And then you got the old-timers. You got some amateurs. So you got a weird mix going on in a small field. Uh, so you need to kind of have a unique strategy for this tournament compared to what you would normally have if you want to win or do well. Uh, and my strategy for this week, like I said, you can take 10 to 15 golfers right out of your field right from the get-go that you're not going to touch. And then with a small field in daily fantasy sports, it's always kind of smart to, you know, sometimes leave money out on the table. Say you have, you know, 7500 for your last golfer. Maybe pick a guy that's 6800 or 7000 just so you leave $500, $700 left untouched. And you might feel like, oh, I could get a better guy. But really, it, at the end of the day, those those dollars don't mean too much in terms of talent from one guy that you can get. But what it does mean is that there's a way less likely chance that somebody has the same lineup that you have. So if you're in a big tournament and you get lucky and you hit it big, there's not going to be, if you, you know, if you have $0 left or $100, $200 left, 
there's a good chance that a lot of people have that same lineup that you have. So you're going to, even if you do really well, you're going to share whatever, you know, if you're a top five, you're going to be tied with a bunch of people and then that shares the purse up there. So you want to have a unique lineup and that can help you, you know, if you, if you do get lucky, kind of separate yourself from the rest of the field. And now we got a small field for this one. I think I'm going to run right through this and make it a quicker po I know I say this every time. It's going to be a quick podcaster, um, you know, quicker than the, the ones that I do when I just ramble on. But I'm going to try and be really quick this time. I promise. We'll see how that goes. But now I'm just going to go over previous winners at the tournament scores, first round leader stuff, just to kind of give you a picture of uh, what you're what you're really looking for here. Dustin Johnson, like I said, shot 20 under in November to win it. He won by five strokes. He was the first round leader with Dylan Fratelli and Paul Casey, who Paul Casey kind of had a blow up round and then fell back. And then you had Sung Jaim, Justin Thomas, Cameron Smith, who all started within one or two strokes of the lead, and they finished. Cameron Smith too, Sung Jaim tied for second, Justin Thomas outright fourth. So they were all bunched at the top from the get-go and stayed right there, which is kind of unique for what you'd see at a Masters. Dustin Johnson shot 65, and that was the first-round leader. So that was seven under to start the tournament. You look at 2019, the year before, 66 from Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau to lead the tournament. Bryson blew up, fell off, but Brooks stayed up there and shot 12 under and finished tied for second. Um, Dustin Johnson, see the last one was in 2020. You had those four guys all bunched at the top. They started hot, they stayed up there. Dustin Johnson was first-round leader, ended up winning. Um, Tiger Woods won and shot 70 in the first round. So he was four, four strokes back off the leader. And then Dustin Johnson shot a 68, so he was two strokes back off of the leader and ended up minus 12 with Kepka for a tie for second. Xander Shoffley shot a 73 in the first round right there with those guys at 12 under to finish tied for second. So you can see a lot of guys go up and down. Tiger shot a 70, which isn't even on the top of the leaderboard for the first round. And then he shot 68, 67, and 70 to win it at 13 under. So Dustin Johnson won it at 20 under. In November and then you go April of 2019 Tiger Woods won it at 13 under your first round leader 66 again so there's six under 2018 we have Patrick Reed winning at 15 under 66 six under is the first round leader and that's Jordan Spieth who won it last week the Valero Texas Open there's gonna be a lot of people probably on Spieth his number was like 18 to 1 to first round leader, so he's really up there. He loves to play here. Spieth 
shot a 66, was first round leader, and finished in third at 13 under. Ricky Fowler shot 70 to start, and he finished second right behind Patrick Reed at 14 under. So it looks like typically, um, you know, you can come back from an early round blow up at the Masters and still finish fairly well because John Rahm shot a 75 in the first round and finished at 11 under in fourth place. So we had Xander, um, 2019, shooting a 73 to open it, tied for second. John Rahm shooting a 75 in 2018 and finished fourth. So there could be some... Uh, you know, opportunities, if you can find live, you know, top five or a live top 10 and you find some of those those killers like Xander, Rom, uh, you know, Dustin Johnson, Rory, these guys that are monsters and they will shoot, you know, one over or two over or three over in the first round, their number to live top five at that point live top 10 might be a pretty big number so you could kind of shop around at those guys starting off a little bit slow and then finding a juicy number 2017 Sergio won it nine under went into a playoff with Justin Rose both of those guys shot 71 or one under to start the tournament so in 2017 we had three guys shoot two under or better to start the tournament. So that's how tough it can play here. And Lee Westwood shot two under to start. William McGirt shot three under to start. Charlie Hoffman shot seven under to start. And those guys went on to finish. Charlie Hoffman tied for 22nd. William McGirt tied for 22nd. Lee Westwood tied for 18th. So those three guys didn't completely fall off the map, but they got caught by everybody else when the course is playing tougher. So it's a, if the conditions are bad, uh, you can see guys... Uh, fall off or guys you know kind of claw their way back into it but I think what we're going to have here is scoring conditions are going to be a little bit better on the weekend so you're going to see somebody win it who gets off to a pretty good start that's just kind of my guess but I guess we'll see how it plays out 2016 another tough year Danny Willett won it at five under Lee Westwood was two under Jordan Spieth was two under tied for second so he Danny Willett won it by three strokes um, Jordan Spieth solo first round leader that year at 66 so six under six under seven under is typically first round leader here and you can um, be the solo first round leader at six under we've seen that a few times so Spieth started hot Finished tied for second. Danny Willett and Lee Westwood shot. Danny Willett shot 70. Lee Westwood shot 71. And they went 
Danny Willett won it. And Lee Westwood tied for second with Spieth. So a lot of guys near the top were kind of starting pretty good. You know, Paul Casey was tied for fourth. Shot a 69 in the first round. And then shot a 77, 74, 67 to finish tied for fourth. So you can go up and down here. A lot of big numbers, a lot of small numbers. It, it's kind of a, a little bit of a roller coaster to score here. But I think you're going to see, you know, not the 2016, not the 2017 Masters. You're not going to see last year's November Masters. But I think you're going to see something kind of in between like the 2019 where Tiger won it, where I hope that's the case because 2019, there was freaking killers left and right on that leaderboard. So anybody could have came out on top that year, which was awesome. I think you're going to kind of see that again this year. I hope so anyways, where you're going to see a lot of guys that either start off good or shoot a really good round in the second round or barely make the cut and shoot a really good round in the third round, then you're going to see a lot of names at the top of this leaderboard come Sunday because the scoring conditions are going to be good on Saturday and Sunday, maybe even the whole tournament too. So um, those are just kind of the past looks at the the leaders here. And... Like I said, for betting, you know, live leaders, um, Dustin Johnson, first-round leader last year, and then he went on to win it. The year before, uh, Tiger Woods won it from a few strokes back after the first round. It Was it four strokes back? Yeah, Tiger was four back of the leader. Uh, Patrick Reed, the year before that, was three back of the leader in the first round. Sergio was six back of the leader in 2017. And Danny Willett was four back of the first round leader in 2016. So typically, you can see guys um, that are right around, uh, you know, just under par to start the first round still win this tournament. So it's it's a hard a hard course to maintain a lead unless the conditions are great, which they were in November. So that's just kind of a course history um you know what to kind of expect from from leaders in live winners if you're betting those just to give yourself a picture of of what to look for you know in the coming days. Now I'm going to quickly just go through the bets that I'm placing for this. And they're on the article that I always write, you know, for every golf tournament or every big golf tournament that I do. So if you really want to look at them, you can go there and look at them. But I'm going to run through them real quick and then go through the field. First round leader bets, Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, Harris English. And I'm going to keep betting Harris English first round leader until he gets back into shape here. And then Kevin Kisner, I think that's kind of my sneaky play of the week. I'd have to look at other ownership projections because uh, other people might be on him huge. But I I hope he's going under the radar because I really like Kevin Kisner this week. 
And I don't, I don't often really like Kevin Kisner just because his game, like the stars have to kind of align for him to shoot really well because he's not the longest off the tee. Uh, but he is a really good putter, got good short game and whatnot. Winners, I'm betting Dustin Johnson. I bet him in November to win. He won it. He was plus 900. He's plus 950 right now. Uh, so I really like Dustin to go back to back. I feel like he's got some weird sort of like uh, good good juju going for him this week. So I I I like Dustin. He took last week off to really focus on this week. Um, and since I'm going so low with the first number, I'm picking the favorite. I'm going with my guy Henrik Stenson. He opened on DraftKings plus six hundred. I I didn't get him till he was plus five hundred. But I swear, I said this on last week's podcast, DraftKings has some deep odds guys that are just disrespectfully deep to start. Like you'll, like I got Snedeker last week, Stenson, and they drop a hundred, I don't know what you want to call it, a hundred points worth of odds. So like down from five, from 600 to plus 500 uh, plus 350 down to plus 300, you know, somewhere in the a big range like that. But DraftKings just opens up guys at really deep odds. And then I check other other books, and they don't have them quite that deep, but DraftKings hones it in real quick. So I would advise, at least until DraftKings makes a change, get on their, get on their sports book early and look at some deep number guys and maybe some guys that have done well at this course in the past or guys that have a lot of wins in the past that are just at deep, deep odds, and you can find some value before they shoot back up to, you know, from plus 400 to plus 300 or plus 300 to plus 200, something in that territory. But Henrik Stenson, I'm going to keep betting him till he wins. He's got six wins on tour, one major win, a U.S. Open, a Players' Championship win. Um, he's got some notable wins. And he's played, I think, under 300 events on tour. And he's won six times. So he's at plus 500 in a big tournament where he can step up. I'm waiting for him one of these days to step up. I don't know what's wrong with him. But, you know, eventually he's going to hit. And I'm going to be in the winner's circle with him. Top five bets. John Rahm, Rory McIlroy. Top ten bets. Rory McIlroy. And Francesco Molinari. And Molinari's a little bit deeper. Rom was plus 275, top five. Rory plus 450. Um, Rory plus 200 to top 10. Molinari plus 1100 to top 10. Molinari's been sneaky good lately. And he was, you know, the 2019 Masters where Tiger won it. He had that thing won on the back nine until he pissed it all away. So Molinari, watch out for him this week. Top 20, Webb Simpson. He's steady Eddie at plus 110. I like that. Hideki Matsuyama, steady Eddie. Can't really putt. Plus 150 to top 20. Remember, there's only 88 guys in this field. 87, whether or not um, Angel Cabrera can break out of an Argentinian prison. But... 88, 87 guys in the field, top 20, you know, you just sheer numbers, you've got good good odds of getting in there. So these these guys that are always steady, always 
competing in majors and big events. Webb Simpson, Hideki. I like those guys, the top 20. I feel like they're being disrespected a little bit with their numbers this week. Top 40, Ian Poulter. I feel like I've done that every tournament he's been in for the last six months to top 40, but he has been steady, and he's at minus 120. Kevin Kisner, plus 100 to top 40. Like I said, he's my go-to this week. I'm going to slide him in every freaking lineup I got. Tournament head-to-head. Dustin Johnson, minus 122 against Bryson DeChambeau. And I saw on DraftKings they were doing a boost where you could pick either Bryson or Dustin Johnson in that matchup, and they'd boost it to plus 150. And I think Bryson was minus 106, Dustin Johnson minus 122. I'm going DJ. He's killed it at the Masters. His last two outings I think have been a little bit rough, but I think he took some time off coming into this week to really focus on defending his belt here and I think he does it again because he loves to play at Augusta and Bryson's kind of struggled here he was talking crap against the course last year and did really poorly so I think everybody even though everybody's going to be looking at Dustin like can he go back to back people are going to be looking at Bryson like okay buddy like you talk the talk but can you walk the walk here so I think he's kind of under the microscope too so there's there's equal pressure on both of those guys and I think if Dustin Johnson doesn't have that bad two um, two outings in a row, I can't remember which ones. One's the players, one's something else where he finished, you know, right around 50th place in both of them. If you take those out, Dustin Johnson has been an absolute monster, and he'd be like minus 160 in this spot. So I like his value at minus 122. Remember, if you have DraftKings Sportsbook, look for that boost. DraftKings doesn't sponsor me, but it's plus 150. They should sponsor me. Plus 150 to take Dustin Johnson or Bryson DeChambeau. And then round one head-to-heads and three-ball matchups. I'm parlaying Scotty Scheffler at minus 180 over Phil Mickelson. I love Phil. Phil does well here. It's The course is set up nice for him. But Phil has just been awful. He's been awful in the first round especially. Um, So I think Scotty Scheffler... At minus 180 is pretty good, but I don't, I don't love uh, Scotty Scheffler's inexperience here at minus 180. So I am going to parlay that with Dustin Johnson minus 175 versus Lee Westwood. So those that parlayed is plus 146. Lee Westwood has had. Back-to-back runner-up finishes, I believe. But those have kind of spiked out of nowhere. So I don't know if he can maintain this. Maybe he can. But that's why I don't love... You know, I'm putting a lot of faith in Dustin Johnson this week, apparently. So I'm parlaying those two. So if one of them blows up in my face, whatever. I don't really care. Plus 146 for that bet. And then I'm going Patrick Cantlay, minus 122 over Matthew Fitzpatrick, and Matthew Fitzpatrick is golfing really well recently if you look at his recent finishes. God, I said I was going to run through these and you could read them. Uh, I'll, I'll hurry up. I'll hurry up, I promise. But Patrick Cantlay is just a better overall golfer, does better in the big events. Matthew Fitzpatrick is is playing really, really well right now, but I feel like he's at his ceiling, and eventually he's going to come back down. So I like Patrick Cantlay at minus 122. If you, uh, you know, throw 
the last two years tournaments worth of tournaments into a hat and pull out their head-to-head -head odds, I guarantee it would the average of that would be Patrick Cantlay minus 200 against Matthew Fitzpatrick. So Patrick Cantlay at minus 122, I feel like it's tremendous odds for their um, skill level difference, which I'm not to shit on Matthew Fitzpatrick because he's still a good golfer, but Patrick Cantlay I feel like is you know, teetering on that elite level of golfer. Uh, last round one bet, and this is the three ball bet, Jason Kolkrak, who has been golfing really well lately, very good ball striker, plus 138 against Mark Leishman and Victor Perez. Um, I really have to look at this one again why I picked it, but when I ran it through my simulations, like I, I have a thousand round simulation, Jason Kokrak wins 15% more of the time than the odds are implied here. So I just really like Jason Kokrak in the spot. I can't really go into Leishman struggled the last couple years on tour. Victor Perez doesn't play a whole lot on tour. I'd have to really dive into the numbers to, to tell you why that one comes out the way it does. But Jason Kokrak, Three ball first round is my favorite bet for the three balls. All right, not making terrible time. Now I'm just going to go through the whole field, kind of give it a little rundown. Um, Dustin Johnson, highest priced golfer. Like I said with his his matchups earlier when I was talking about my bets, World Golf Championship, he finished 54th. Players Championship, he finished 48th. Um. You know, a little bit of a hiccup there, but his in 2017, he slipped down the stairs before the Masters and withdrew that year. But 2016, he was fourth. 2018, he was 10th. 2019, second, and won it last year. So top 10, four years in a row. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm, hammering DJ this week with the bets and the first thing I noticed when I'm looking at this uh, the top of this pricing chart here with these guys there is some very good value on top five finishes this week when I was going through the leaders um, 2020 Dustin Johnson Cameron Smith Sung Jaim Justin Thomas Rory McIlroy Dylan Fratelli that's your top five a couple Oddball sprinkled in there, at least one. Tiger Woods the year before, Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley, Brooks Kepka, Jason Day, Webb Simpson, Tony Finau, Francesco Molinari. Those are your top five, top or tied for top five. Patrick Reed, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, John Rahm, Cameron Smith again, Bubba Watson, my boy, Henrik Stenson, Rory McElroy. That's your top five for 2018. Sergio, Justin Rose, Schwartzel, Matt Kuchar, Thomas Peters, Paul Casey, or Paul Casey was six. So those guys ahead of him were top five. And then 2016, Danny Willett, Lee Westwood, Jordan Spieth, Paul Casey, J.B. Holmes, Dustin Johnson. So a, a little bit of a trend, if you're hearing me rattle off those names there, what comes to mind, you know, 80... 5% of those guys are, you know, your heavy hitters on tour. You know, the, the guys that always finish in the top 10. 
that are always priced high on DraftKings. So it's there's just some sort of mystique around this tournament where these these guys that are elite kind of rise to the top of this leaderboard. So that's why I see a lot of value when I'm looking at my numbers and the odds that I got from DraftKings. Um, there's so much value for top five this week. So I suggest looking at my cheat sheet and then finding some guys you like and hammering top five because, like I said, in the last five years, I named Rory in the top five twice, and he's plus 450 to top five. So that's great odds. He's been very up and down, but, I mean, missed the cut wildly at the players, but he was 10th at Arnold Palmer's before that, and then World Golf Championship before that, he was 6th. So... You know, he's been all over the place, but there's top fives in, or top tens in there at least. His, his last year, top five at the Masters, 21st the year before, fifth, seventh, tenth, the three prior years. So Rory plays really well here. He's very up and down, but that's a guy that can get into the top five with regularity, and he's at plus 450. Xander's plus 500 behind him. Cantlay's plus 450 behind him. Brooks Kepka plus 550, Tony Finau plus 600, Webb Simpson plus 650. All of those guys I have at good good value to top five. And like I said, with I took Rom at plus 275. He's got three finishes at the Masters in a row in the top 10. Um, he's coming off of a ninth place finish at the Players. So top five for him, Dustin Johnson even at plus 225. So there's some spicy numbers right up there. So I'd advise, you know, doing your research, looking at those numbers and pulling the trigger on at least one guy that you really feel confident with up in this range because these heavy hitters always end up in the top five at Augusta. So I would say of those guys that I just rattled off there, I there, I would say at least one, if not two, maybe three of those guys can sneak into the top five here. So there's great value there. Uh, first round leader, I went with Rory at 25 to one. He's been over the course of the last year, one of the best, if not the best in this field at uh, finishing as or tied for the first round leader. And he's 25 to one at Augusta where he has finished top five two of the last three years so I feel like Rory at 25 to one is a very good play and then Brooks I went with Brooks first round leader 33 to one I'm sure a lot of people are going to put him in tournament plays because it's Brooks and he's priced down a little bit from where he'd normally be because of the surgery and the time he took off but Brooks finished seventh here in November finished second in the world golf championship and then he hasn't played since then so he's kind of rushing it with his knee surgery i don't know how long it typically takes but that's why i don't really trust him i feel like if he has a bad round even if he's not hurting that bad he could just pull right out of this thing um so i don't love him in tournament plays especially if people are going to be playing him and i don't really love him you know to bet you know, that he's going to get in the top 10, top 20. But first round leader, whatever, 33 to 1. I don't hate that. That would be probably the only place I touch Kepka. 
maybe a top five or a win. I could understand that just because of who he is. He's a, you know, he's a shark in these events. And he's got, you know, seventh at the Masters in November, second the year before. And he's coming off of a second in his last event. So I wouldn't blame anybody for for going after him, but that's a very risky play with a guy coming off a knee surgery. But I think I said to fade him in November too, or at least I was going to fade him and he finished seventh. So I'm an idiot. Don't listen to me too much. Um, Tony Finau, I realized that I bet him, his numbers aren't coming up, popping off for first round leader at 33 to one on my sheet, but I bet him in November at 30 to one to be the first round leader and he's at 33 to 1 to be the first round leader. So just out of I don't know, pride, I'm going with him again because I'm I just have a good feeling about Tony and he's not the he's obviously not the guy where it's like, "Oh, he's the clutch time, you know, on Sundays he's going to he's going to climb to the top and win it." type of guy and I feel like that's especially the kind of guy you need at the Masters to win but I feel like uh, this is a good course setup for him to finish really well and to shoot some low rounds for so for him to have a first round leader is a good bet so that's why I'm going back to the well with Tony Finau like I said in the the previous write-up he was 10th in his first ever Masters 2018 5th the year after that and then 38th last year, but he still plays really well here. So, you know, a top 20 bet for him at plus 110 wouldn't be terrible. Top 10 finish for plus 300 wouldn't be terrible. But I'm not going to touch those because his last two tournaments were miscuts last week at the Valero Texas Open where he was the highest price guy. And then several weeks before that at the players championship he finished 99th but before that 14th place at the world golf championship second place at the genesis so it's kind of like the dustin johnson thing where he's it looks like he's might be in bad form right now but this is a guy that plays well here plays really well in recent history and throughout his his career so that's a guy you can certainly go back to the well on webb simpson plus 110 i said i took him Top 20, plus 110. I'm looking at his last 17 events on tour. 68% of those, he has been in the top 20. So that's more than well over half, and he's plus 110, which indicates they think he has less of a chance than 50% to get in the top 20. So plus 110, I feel like Webb Simpson, a little bit disrespected because... He's coming off of three top 20 finishes at the Masters in a row. Um, He did miss the cut in his last event at the Players' Championship, but sixth place before that in the World Golf Championship. So Webb Simpson, I feel like, is a great cash play, is a great top 10 bet at plus 335, top 20 bet at plus 110. Or even a top 40 parlay it with something else because he's minus 275. You know, 77% of his last 17 events, he's been in the top 40. So that's 
one of the better numbers when you go this far down the odds list. Um, Terrell Hatton, I love Terrell. Excellent ball striker. He just doesn't play well at the Masters. I don't know where ownership's going to fall up above this. I feel like people are going to be picking Spieth. Just because he's coming off of that win. He shoots really well here. And Vegas is on Spieth too. Because I have his odds as being nowhere good value. So I feel like he's Vegas is going to inflate his value here. And the DFS community is going to do the same. So I might not touch Spieth at this spot. Same thing with Patrick Reed. He won it here 2018. He was 10th last year. Golfing pretty well lately. I don't have any of his odds, whether it be win, top 5, 10, 20, 30, first round leader. None of those are good value, just like Spieth. And both those guys are right next to each other. So I feel like Vegas likes those guys. DFS community is probably going to like those guys too. So those might be two pivot plays for me. But that, you know, those are high-risk, high-reward type of plays for people. It all depends on what you can stomach here. Lee Westwood, priced crazy high right now. 8800 on DraftKings, 9700 on FanDuel. Like I said, he was coming off of back-to-back runner-up finishes in Florida at the Players' Championship and the Arnold Palmer. He finished second here in 2016. 18th here in 2017. I think he got in that car accident 2018 in Florida. God, I hope I got that right. I think that's what happened. And since then, he had a long recovery time getting back on tour. I think his friend died in that accident too. So, you know, he had a rough time getting back from that. Last year at the Masters was his first time playing in the Masters since 2017 and he finished 38th but he's historically been a good golfer he's really coming into it right now but he's very highly priced um i don't know that's it that's a tough one i feel like that could be a good tournament play or that could be something where everybody's kind of on him Oh boy, as we get deeper and deeper down this list, I like these names down here. Sung Jaim finished second here last year. Three straight finishes in the top 30. I feel like if I'm doing anything with him here, I'm betting him to top 20 or just not touching him in anything. Maybe like a cash play lineup, but I don't trust him to top 10 again. Definitely not top five. I feel like that was kind of a little bit of a lucky streak there. So I'm I'm staying away at Sung Jaim in this field at this price range. D- I'd rather play Daniel Berger right below him. He's coming off of a top 10 at the players. Berger hasn't been here since 2018. But he finished 10th in 2016, 27th in 2017, 32nd in 2018. So he does play pretty well here. He's been rock solid. So there's another cash play guy. I feel like there's a lot of just 
solid cash play guys down here. Scotty Scheffler right below him at 8,400 on DraftKings, 10,000 on FanDuel. Scotty Scheffler has only played here once. It was last year, finished 19th. Last two tournaments haven't been great for Scotty, 54th. Last week at Valero and 72nd at the Players, but 5th place before that at the World Golf Championship. 20th place at the Genesis. There's another guy I don't trust as much as the other two in cash plays, but I do like him still. Hideki, cash play all the way. Vegas loves him. Cameron Smith right below him. Vegas loves him. Matthew Fitzpatrick right below him. Vegas loves him. Matthew Fitzpatrick's last four starts on tour, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 5th. He does have a top 10 here in the last five years. His worst finish in the last five years at Augusta was in November. Different conditions. He finished 46th place. Um, I, none of those, you know, Hideki, Cameron Smith, Matthew Fitzpatrick, none of them I have as good value based on what their odds are for Vegas, but they are all pretty good cash play lineups. This is this is cash play territory from Victor Hovland at 87 down to jeez. Oh my. This is cash play heaven down here. Probably Abraham answer at 74 all the way to 87, Victor Hovland. I feel like there's going to be oh, I, I not even too much ownership on any one of those guys, but ownership pretty spread out evenly through those guys because they're all priced right around the your average pricer for, for each golfer in DraftKings. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, this reminds me. I gotta set my lineups for tomorrow. Or wait, today's Tuesday. I'm so I'm I'm all over the place this week. Today feels like it's Thursday, so I got another day to set my lineups for my leagues. Thank God. But right now that I'm looking at it, I feel like ownership is gonna be fairly spread out because you get to those top guys, and I could see guys fading. DJ, Rom, DeChambeau, JT, Rory, Xander, Cantlay, or at least fading a couple of those guys and everything because of how highly priced they are, they are and then how much depth you have underneath it. So I feel like you can go any which way this week if you're going to go stars and scrubs a little bit, if you're going to go more balanced because ownership isn't going to kill you. This is This is going to be a good week to... To win some money. And I'm seeing, according to Vegas's odds, from Hideki at 83 to Joaquin Neiman at 74, Vegas loves all those guys. So I could see them getting some ownership in DraftKings, which would pull ownership away from a lot of the top-tier guys. And there's a lot of value up there. Four DraftKings and four. God, the more I look at this, the more I feel like Stars and Scrubs is the approach here because you got to have 
uh, you know, you could you could go DJ and Rory in a lineup and then go kind of lower from there. And then if DJ and Rory are both in the top five and you have the right mix of lineup underneath that, then you're going to score extremely well, especially if Vegas loves these guys underneath and the DraftKings or Daily Fantasy Sports community loves those guys in the 8,000 range too. Wow. So there's... There's some spiciness going on here, which I love. God, and I'm not. I'm gonna skip through a lot because Vegas loves those guys, so I don't see a whole lot of value there. But I wouldn't fault anybody for betting a Paul Casey or a Sergio or a Bubba, Adam Scott, Jason Day. I feel like you can bet all those guys, but according to my model, and I'm sticking to my guns. I'm not gonna dabble in that range with betting. And I'm not going to cover it too much right now because they're all guys that have top fives and top tens here, top fives, top tens recently. And there's, you know, going to be a lot of interest in that section. And it, it it's always kind of, I feel like there's a pull to when you're starting your lineups, it pulls people to go, I'm going to start the first couple guys right around the 8,000 range. And then I'm going to go up, grab a couple guys, and then whatever's left over, I'm going to go underneath. So it's like they start, it's easy to start in the middle and grab some value guys first. So I feel like there's just going to be a lot of play in this 8,000 to 7,500 range. So that could be interesting. That, now we'll go believe beneath that. There's your Harris English at 7,300. I don't trust him for anything more than a maybe a tournament play, but I would use him sparingly. Same thing with Justin Rose. He withdrew at the Arnold Palmer. We haven't seen him since then. I think it was a shoulder. Might have been in the third round or after his third round, and then he withdrew. So that might force people away, but he plays really well here. 10th place in 2016, runner-up. He lost to Sergio in 2017 with the with the playoff. 2018, he finished 12th, 66 in 19, and 23rd in 2020. So he plays really well here. I didn't bet him. I don't... 100 to 1 is what I'm seeing for him. And I've been betting him a lot to win. But it's like, if I can get Henrik Stenson to win at 500 to 1, and Justin Rose is 100 to 1, and he's coming off of a WD, you know, I might sit this one out. But I wouldn't blame somebody for getting cute with a Justin Rose pick here. Um, Molinari is a few beneath him. Like I said, let's have a look at Molinari's recent finishes. He's been kind of quietly piecing it together. So ever since he blew up in that 2019 Masters, that Tiger one, he's had a rough go of it. But he's starting to kind of come into it with a 8th place finish this year at the American Express. 
Then the 10th place at the Farmers Insurance. 59th at AT&T Pebble Beach. 8 at Genesis. So 3 out of those 4 in the top 10. And then he missed the cut at the Arnold Palmer. Missed the cut at the Players Championship. But before that, 3 out of his last 4 were in the top 10. And then you look at his finishes here. Um, 33rd in 2017, 20th in 2018, 5th in 2019, and that was the year he blew up, and then he missed the cut last year. But I feel like I don't trust Molinari for anything more than, you know, a sparingly played tournament uh, golfer, or, you know, maybe 175 to win it all if you're feeling frisky. But I took him top 10 at 11 to 1 odds because he's been top 10 in lately. He's top 10 here. I feel like he's kind of coming into it, and that would just be a good storyline to root for is, you know, Francesco Molinari in the hunt on Sunday again, trying to redeem himself. Um, going a few below that. Jeez, I am taking longer than I thought. I'm never going to say that this is not taking long because it's always going to take long. So I'm done promising that geez Corey Connors wow three finishes at 14th place or better coming off a of top 10 last year Vegas loves him I could see people being real high on him this week and probably not a bad bet oh here's Jason Kokrak this is why I bet him three top 10s in a row at the players the Arnold Palmer and the World Golf Championship uh, missed the cut last year at the Masters. That might be his only Masters. So I think they're, uh, you know, Kolkrak redeem himself after last year's Masters, coming off of three top tens. That's why I bet him in the first round. Where's Leishman at? Right underneath him. Leishman missed the cut at the Players, missed the cut at the Arnold Palmer, 39th at the World Golf Championship, 32nd. At the Genesis, where he was tied with Kokrak, 32nd. He does have two finishes. Leishman in November at the Masters finished 13th and finished 9th two years before that at the Masters. So he does have some good course history a little bit. But his three other finishes at the Masters in the last five years, 49th, 43rd, 58th. So I feel like Leishman is, if I had to bet Leishman, is going to finish like between 40th and 50th. Somewhere around that number. And Kolkrak has a chance of top 20-ing here. Or at least putting together a good round or a couple good rounds. The way he's been golfing lately. So that's why I took him in obviously my... Uh, simulation told me that it was good odds, but Kokrak, now that I'm looking at it, you know, I don't love it, but, you know, Leishman doesn't scare me at all. Victor Perez is even priced above them. He's coming off a ninth place finish at the Players, but he was 46 at the Masters last year. I haven't really seen enough of him to tell, but if I had to guess, Victor Perez isn't going to crack the top 20. Maybe not even the top 40. He'll be right in that Leishman territory. So yeah, Kokrak, 
you know, the more I'm looking at it, the more I like that bet. Now we're getting down to a thin group of guys now that we're cracked into the 6,000 range on DraftKings. But there's Coochers down here. I was not high on Coocher last week. Hold on. Sip of tequila coming. Throat is getting parched. Sorry about that. I wasn't huge on Coocher last week because um, his only really good finish was at the match play tournament the week before. And I just, he does well in the match plays. And I think that's just a different animal than doing a normal stroke play tournament where you're playing against the field instead of head-to-head. -head. But he did finish 12th last week at the Valero Texas Open. And Kuchar's played well. Last year he finished 61st at the Masters, but different conditions. Masters the year before that was 12th, 28th, 4th, and 24th in 2016. So Kuchar could be an interesting play here at 6,800. Vegas seems to like him, except for the first-round leader at 70-1. to 1. And I feel like I've been betting Kuchar pretty on and off, somewhat consistently, as first-round leader, and he hasn't even come close to hitting for me. But if I had to with Kuchar, tournament play or first round leader but i feel like he might be a little too chalky but i mean 6800 with a lot of guys going with the middle tier i don't think they're going to be dabbling too much down here this week so eh, there could be some saucy plays down here polter my guy two top 25s in a row at the masters he missed the cut at the players, but 26th the week before that at the Arnold Palmer, 35th at the Puerto Rico Open, minus 120 to top 40. He has top 40 61% of the time in his last 22 events, minus 120. Going back to the well on Ian Poulter. Gary Woodland finished 6th last week. I feel like he could be a surprise tournament play for people here because he's He's had very deep odds, and I've been betting him a lot lately to win, and I think a lot of people are kind of doing the same, saying, you know, he's Gary Woodland's better than what his odds are saying, and he's going to come into it one of these weeks, and he was sixth last week at the Valero Texas Open. He's priced at 6800 this week. He hasn't. He's missed three of the last four cuts at the Masters, and his best finish was 32nd in that time. So I don't love him here. And I feel like if there's too much buzz on him, I'm not going to touch him because the sixth place last week isn't enough to swing me on him. Uh, but, you know, he is lurking down here, and that could be a tournament play if nobody's talking about him. Kevin Kisner. Now we're getting to it. Missed the cut last year at the Masters. Missed the cut his last event at the Players. And I'm hoping that steers everybody away. Vegas does not like him because I have him as good odds to win top 5, 10, 20, top 40, and first-round leader compared to his odds, I have him, you know, better than those odds, at least according to DraftKings. In it. Anyway, that's what I use to plug into my spreadsheets, but it's pretty, you know, common throughout the sports books. He finished in 2019 at the Masters 21st, and then 
the year before that, 28th, the year before that, 43rd, year before that, 37th. Um, before his miscut at the Players' Championship, 36th at the Arnold Palmer World Golf Championship, he was 41st the week before that. So a lot of those numbers I read to you was 21st place to 43rd place. So kind of just hanging in there, top 40, you know, maybe sniffing a top 20. Um, but this is what jumps out to me in his last 19 events, 19% of those he's been in the top five, 61% of those he's been in the top 40, which is way better than what his odds imply. And I think the miscut at the players and the miscut at last year's masters, even though it was in November is kind of what is swaying those odds and making them a little bit longer than what they should be. And I haven't really been listening to podcasts or reading too many articles of people previewing the Masters, so I don't have any type of feel. I'm going to do probably a little bit of research either tonight or tomorrow about it. But Kevin Kisner, if he's not getting talked about and people aren't going to play him a lot in daily fantasy sports... This is my guy at 6,700 that could be a good tournament or even deeper cash play because there is, it seems like, you know, he has missed a couple of these cuts, but it seems like he, he's going to finish anywhere from 20th to 40th for you. And at 6,700, that's a steal. And he has a little bit of upside on top of that. So I love Kisner this week, but that's kind of pending on where his ownership's going to land. Another guy I kind of like this week, Danny Willett, who won it here 2016. You know, he hasn't fared too well since then at the Masters, 54th, 58th, 66th in his next three years. But last year, or you know, November, when it was played, he was 25th. He missed the cut last week at the Valero Texas Open, but Corrales Punta Cana, he was 8th the week before that. So when everybody was doing the match play, you know, he low-key kind of snuck a top 10 in there. And then his last event on tour before that was the Arnold Palmer where he finished 31st. So I think he's kind of playing some sneaky good golf at 6,600 on DraftKings. Danny Willett, if he's not getting talked about either, that could be another good tournament play for you down here. And it looks like I don't have him as a good bet compared to his his odds. So... Vegas is on him at least, but I don't know about the daily fantasy sports community. Carlos Ortiz hasn't played here before. He's been very up and down lately, but early on in the season, he was golfing really well. So that could be, a, you know, Vegas loves him, it looks like. That could be a good tournament play if nobody's on him. Ryan Palmer, back-to-back top 20s on tour. He hasn't played here since 2015, I believe. But he's got some decent finishes. I think he's played at the Masters maybe four or five times. He's missed two, maybe three of those cuts. But his other finishes were... um, God, I think he has a top 10 here. And then, you know, right around a top 30. Like like I said, I think he likes to work the ball right to left. And he's a righty with a draw. The course is kind of set up for that. Um, and he's one of those guys where it seems like he's either a blow up or he's in the hunt. So 
I don't love him for cash plays, but I see him as a good bet to top five at 18-1 to or top 10 at 8-1. to He's coming off of two top 20s, like I said. So Ryan Palmer could be a frisky little play down here. Um, you know, once you get past this into the low 6,000s, you're starting to get a little bit risky here. You know, there's guys that, you know, Kevin Na finished 13th here last year in November, but he withdrew in his last tournament. Matt Wallace finished third last week, but he hasn't played well here. Um, C.D. Pan, top 10 at the Masters last year in his first attempt. Missed the cut in his last two events on tour. Lonto Griffin has been very good on tour, very steady. His last five events, 35th place or better on tour, but he missed the cut here last year. Um, So a lot of these guys, it's like there's big question marks on all of them, but a little bit of a shining spot at some point in their recent history or, you know, course history. Something is just saying, you know, this guy could do well and get you a top 20. So if you're getting down in the 6,500 and lower range on DraftKings or these guys that you're betting, you know, beyond a Kevin Na, Matt Wallace, C.T. Pan, Lonto Griffin, um, I would do it very sparingly. But if you got a good feel for it, I'd say go ahead and roll the dice on somebody. But it is kind of, I'm seeing a lot of red numbers down this way, so... And then you get to Henrik Stenson way down there. He's been, I think, is I was talking to somebody on Twitter about this, but I looked at it, and his last top 10 was in, like, June of 2019. But he has six wins on tour. Historically, he's been a good golfer, so I don't know what's happened, whether he's just not been practicing or, you know, he added some element to his swing, and now he can't get rid of it. But he finished in the top five in 2018, Henrik Stenson. And I saw him when I put the odds in here into my spreadsheet at first. He was 600-1 to 1 on DraftKings to win it. This is a guy that's played less than 300 events on tour or something. And he's won six times. So that just the math just doesn't add up there at all, especially in a small field. So... I'm dying on this hill. I'm Henrik Stenson is winning me some good money in the near future. Probably not this week, but I'm still betting him. I'm not going to go beyond this because now you're getting into Bernhard Langer, Freddie Couples, VJ Singh, the amateurs, and then you get down to Angel Cabrera, who hasn't played since, who knows, 2015. No, I think he plays in the Masters. Or he has in recent history. I can't remember when. But he's in prison. Wouldn't touch him. Yeah, this one went longer than I thought. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Masters this week. March Madness. We just had a good game. Not a good game. Baylor beat the brakes off of Gonzaga. That was crazy. Gonzaga was... or Baylor was going to beat anybody... 
in college basketball. They might even give some professional teams a run for their money the way they were playing defense and crashing the offensive board. So that won me some money, actually. I won a pool now that I think about it. But I did hedge because if Baylor won, I was getting first place in a pool. So I started hedging left and right, betting Gonzaga. So either way, I was going to win some money. But I did not expect – I think people saw, you know, Baylor, if they, they, they were the better shooting team. Um, if they shot lights out and played their, you know, one of their better games, they had a chance of beating Gonzaga. I think that's everybody's kind of mindset going into it. I don't think anybody saw them winning by, you know, over 10-plus easily from, from you know, tip-off. It seemed like they had a double-digit lead four minutes into the game and never gave it up. So that was wild. But we go right from there into the Masters. This is awesome. Masters back in April. I can't wait for it. Um, good luck to everybody, especially people that are betting Henrik Stenson with me this week. Uh, we're going to win some money. We're going to win some big money, especially DraftKings, man. There's a lot of saucy plays out there, a lot of ownership pivots, stars and scrubs this week. I feel like that's going to be my winning formula. I'm probably wrong, but I'm going to give it a crack anyways. Best of luck, everybody. See you out there.